You're listening to the Deeply Graphic Design Cast, the show about all things design, from the creative side to the business side and all points in between. Follow the show on Twitter at Wes McDowell. Want the gang to answer your question on an upcoming episode? Send in your listener question to questions at thedeependdesign.com or via Twitter using hashtag DGDC. Here are your hosts. Wes McDowell in Chicago. Mikel, I mean, Nick Longo in Los <laughs> Angeles. <laughs> yeah, so apparently we, we lost uh, Mikel a few minutes ago. We got the text that um, her baby ruins everything. So <laughs> if any of you think it's a good idea to have a podcast and a baby. I had a, feeling, I had a feeling you were going to go there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh poor Mikel. Although it's not really, I don't think it's a baby anymore, though, either. Like, Oakley's like, like seven. Uh, I mean, come on. I know, <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> He's practically a grown man at this point. Uh, but anyway, um, yeah. So what's going on with you? Uh, let's see. Bro, just got back. Show today. Just got back from a little uh, Vegas trip for a trade show. That was fun. Awesome. Uh, didn't get to play too much, so I uh, was in and out one day. And um, but the coolest thing was I went particularly to meet up with two possible new clients, and one of them went really, really well. So it was worth the trip to kind of uh, keep up with the networking. And, you know, I think that's the, I think we talked about that last time about trade shows and how difficult they are, but I just knew there were a few people that I wanted to just spend a few minutes with that aren't usually in the LA area. And this was a great chance to talk and hopefully get some new business coming down the road. So yeah. it was worth it. It was worth it. Nice. Yeah. I imagine Vegas is kind of a tricky one too, because everyone's kind of Got their Vegas head on. Yeah. Not so much yeah, I know, but the nice thing is, is it, it's a good balance between the whole day that you're at the show, and then there's all these uh, events that a lot of the studios put on that are at different things at night. So at least there's that point where, like, even if it's a casual meeting at a at a at a at a after party or whatever, people are still in mm -hmm. that business mode, man. I, I that's the one thing about this is all about. Um, this was like a licensing show. So it's everybody there that represents different licenses and all of the product and the design and everything around it. So they're in, they're in full pitch mm. mode the whole time. So, Hey, you can have fun right. and get some new pro new projects down the road. There you go. Got a hell of a hangover too. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, what are you up to, man? So I've, well, so I had to fire a client yesterday. Oh, did you really? And it's been a while. Wow. Yeah. So didn't go well, huh? You know, or it went, I, you know, it's, I, firing I wondered well. if I wanted to, yeah, I wondered if I wanted to kind of talk about it on the show, but mm -hmm. it's like, yeah, you know, it's it's a teachable moment for everybody else. Because yeah. I sure as hell knew it was coming um, before I took him on as a client. So remember we talked about that whole, you know, discovery yes. process and the idea of doing paid discovery. Yes. Um, I'm starting to rethink paid discovery, and here's why I can trace it back to this. So I did a paid discovery for the first time with this client. Yeah. So he agreed to do that. And I started seeing red flags during the discovery process okay. that he was not going to be a good client for me. However, once you've already taken money for this, mm -hmm. then it's hard to – because the, the whole idea of discovery is now this we're going to put together a plan for you and then we're going to give you a proposal and then we're going to do that for you if you want to go forward with that. Yeah. So I didn't feel like it was cool – to take the money for the, the discovery and then say, but we're not going to take you on as a client. Ah, so that's the choice you, you know had to I mean? make. So yeah. I think from now on, until I come up with a better way, and if anyone's listening has a better way, please let me know. Yeah. Um, in terms of just doing like a, I think I'm going to go back to just doing the, the free discovery as more of a lead generation, a sales tool 
to lead to to more business because what I don't want again is to be in that weird position of God, I don't want to take this client on, but he's already given me some money. Yeah. I mean, maybe the answer is just you refund the money. Or at that point. But here's the other thing. Um, the discovery or half of it. The discovery thing's becoming such a fantastic, I think, advantage that any company would probably love to just know what you found out. What if you kind of did it in a way where it's it the, the upfront fee is for discovery first. And then that way, if it doesn't work out, or for some reason you don't move forward, yeah. you still are giving them a an incredible package of data, and you should be paid yes. for that. So what maybe well, could separate it? Yeah, and and that is how it's kind of uh, couched. That's how I present Good. it. However, most people are not coming to me just for consultation. They want they look at this as just the first step yes. of the whole process. Yeah. yeah. So like they wouldn't, if they knew that I was just going to do A and not B, they probably wouldn't want me to do A to begin with. Yeah. But I think it's just a matter of kind of phrasing it right and kind of coming up with that set of rules because, yeah, I, I saw this coming from the get-go. Yeah. And yesterday it just hit a turning point where I just had to say enough is enough. But how many other, I mean, this is is this a rare one occasion where it was more of the personality and the way this guy's working conditions were with him that you didn't want to continue? Like, has this happened yes. as well with others? It's happened a few times in the past, but only with, I, I kind of caught it right away. Like, sure, you know, the sure. The story about the woman in the McDonald's. Yeah, like a you know. super low dollar of value. Yeah. This is a, a fairly large project. And we'd gotten all the way through, We he'd signed off on the homepage, design, this is great. Then I show presented him the whole site uh, earlier this week, and he's like he had a few concerns, but he's like, yeah, overall I'm really happy with everything. This is looking really good. We still have a little bit of tweaking, but I'll get back to you with the notes. Yeah. Then yesterday he sends me this long diatribe on Facebook uh, uh, Basecamp, basically saying it was basically like no notes yet, but the pre uh, like a prologue saying. I still have a lot of notes to give you. And by the way, there's a lot because oh. this sucks. Oh, oh, okay. And, yeah, done, done. Yeah. Yeah. Like, and you guys, it's like, you guys better get on the ball from now on. And is there something in your business I should know about? Did you lose key people? Mm -hmm. Did you? He said that to you? Like, oh, yeah. He's getting, wow. he was getting really. Wow. He asked those questions and he's like, in parentheses, and by the way, I want an answer to these questions. Oh, jeez. Yeah. <laughs> and I wrote, I just wrote back and said, um. You know what? This is not working out. I'm going to I'm going to refund you half of your deposit just to make you walk away. Good. And me w wash my hands of the whole process. But dude, that's such a rarity. Like that th I mean, I don't know if yeah. changing your whole idea cuz you do a lot of work for the discovery and I think it shouldn't be a freebie. I mean, like it I, I know it's right. part of your overall, but I think you got to this is I've run into this a few times too where we're digging so much more into their stuff and finding out. I think I've seen one or two times where the client kind of reacted, not as bad as this guy, but more of a questioning what was found in the discovery. And if they can't be, I think there's a little bit of a, a risk of doing so much that it's opening their eyes bigger than maybe they had a pro, uh, thought of in the, you know, at the beginning. And they're thinking mm -hmm. a little bit more about their company and this might not be the right. So I get, I get why people question it when we're going into so much more detail, but this guy just saying that that's a whole other, that has nothing to do with your, your, um, you not doing your job, right? This guy wasn't ready in the first place. And like you said, you knew it even at the beginning. Well, 
it's not that he wasn't ready. It's that he was he was coming into it mm-hmm. with a mentality of he was the boss. Yes, yes. Um, then, as a, as opposed, like, and one thing I've gotten away from is I'm not Burger King anymore. It's not. I'm not an order taker. Exactly. You exactly. get what you want your way. Exactly. You're coming to to me because you want, you know, you want the 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 head, not the hands. Exactly. And that's important. And he was trying to he was trying to just redo everything as I did it. And at a certain point, it's like this is just not a good fit. Yes. He, I knew that for the past few weeks that this would end badly. It was just a matter of when. Got it. So. And then it just happened. I got that note yesterday, and it's like that's it. I'm done. Wow. So, so anyway, any, any, um, any, teachable moment. did he question anything on the half of the upfront of the deposit or was he cool with that? No, I thought he would. Um, he literally just responded back with, here's my address to send the check to. Okay. So yeah, even more so yeah. now, you know who you're dealing with and I think you did the right thing. I, I would still keep, oh, I did, yeah, I would still keep the, the, your, the emphasis on discovering what you're doing and not give it away. I mean, don't let this one guy change, you. you know, your policy. It's just, yeah, you know, it's going to happen. And we, it's, this is f- part of the fun part of running your own business. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. No, yeah. I just got to figure out the way to, um, to back out of it. Yeah. And I think the, the, I think what I would come up with is some kind of, um, possibly kick a little bit of money back. Mm-hmm. If we say we can't do it. Yeah. Yeah. Just because the expect, but you're, but you still walk away with the solution document, which is still very valuable. Yeah. And I guess it's just, it's the only change is really maybe just rewording a few things in that contract that say exactly what would happen if we cancel at any, after discovery, mm-hmm. here's how we arrange, here's the arrangement. And yeah. that's, that's all Absolutely. you, that'll cover you. So, wow. Yeah. It's a okay. good teachable moment, right? Exactly. All the- oh, seriously, I don't know how many. Like we <laughs> always say, trust your gut, and I didn't, and uh, yeah. bites you in the ass every time. So coming soon, I'll the deeply you. graphic design book. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I think it's next. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, before we head on to the topic of today, which is a good one and close to my heart, we're going to give give a little love to our friends at Skillshare. Um, I just started using my membership, and I've already gotten three or four classes in. Um, it's just it's just such an easy way to get in and learn something new that's going to help you in your business. Um, so you're, you know you're listening to the show, so obviously you're looking to keep learning and you know do all those things to become a more marketable designer so you can make more money. Um, so Skillshare, just to give a bit of background, it's an online learning community with over fifteen thousand classes in you know everything. But for you guys, graphic design, illustration, business skills, all that good stuff. Can learn everything from logo design to visual thinking to watercolor if you want to do that. <laughs> and classes, yeah, I mean, sometimes we just want to get our art on, you know? Yeah. And um, these classes are perfect for uh, professional designers who are looking to get a leg up at work or the freelancer who wants to attract more clients and build their brand. Very important. And the Skillshare teachers include working designers with years of actual experience, um, you know, Ellen Lupton, Delby. Debbie Millman and names like that. So really good people who know what they're talking about. And you get unlimited access to all the courses, all of them, all 15,000 for a low monthly price. So never pay per class again. That's just, that's a sucker bet. Yeah. You were in Vegas. That's what you call a sucker bet. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) And I just took a class. So like this morning, actually, I just took a quick class on putting together a Facebook ad funnel. Oh, cool. I'm looking to retool a few things on my site with my Facebook ads getting people in the right funnel. Um, it was great. And it was quick. 
to the point I was able to get in and get out and get on with my day. Nice. Um, so the cool thing is Skillshare is giving our listeners a month of unlimited access absolutely free. Just go to Skillshare.com slash graphic to redeem your free month. That's Skillshare.com slash graphic. All right. And I think you won't want to give it up once you've started. Mm-hmm. I'm writing that down. All right. <laughs> Write it down. Do it. Okay, cool. So today's topic is something that I love. It's SEO. So basically, you know, but keeping it in mind, there's a lot of a lot of you guys are web designers out there and you may not necessarily know how SEO impacts what you do as designers. Mm-hmm. So, you know, the the general thing is that I want to hit home is good SEO should always be baked into a website from the beginning. It shouldn't be after sprinkled on later. Yeah. As an afterthought, that that just doesn't work out very well. So, I mean, we're going to kind of go through some tips here, and Nick will be. Um, I'm the test. I'm the test. Last. I'm the test bunny here. I'm going to be like yeah. asking questions, and because I've <laughs> I know exactly what it is, and I've used it throughout my website, but probably more in a way where it's the afterthought, um, you know. And and I know from most of our getting a, a good glimpse into some of our listeners, and when they send their links over stuff, I'm assuming everyone's really looking for those ways to drive people to their site just as much as everybody else is in this business. So why not learn yeah. a little bit about what to do and kind of set it up from the beginning, you know? Yeah. And it's, it's for your own sites. And it's also, I would say more importantly for your client sites. Yeah. It's a way of, you know, you, it's again, making yourself more marketable. It's a way to kind of talk their language as business people. Hey, we can actually do things that'll improve your chances of attracting people from the internet to your website. So, um, yeah. So the first thing I'm going to talk about is making it a content first approach. So this is, again, what what you don't want is to just design a site and then start shoe, you know, shoehorning SEO quote SEO elements into the website. Mm -hmm. So you want to start, you always want to start a website. I've learned this this past couple of years with content. Um, the, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense to design a site with all dummy content and then, Oh, just, we'll just shove this in here and this in here. Yeah. No, you really want to, um, you know, you need to be persuasive in a website. So that starts with content. Really good copywriting for the web is going to make more sales mm-hmm. than design ever will. Yeah. I've said that before on the show and it's, People probably hate me for saying it, but it's true. Like they've done a lot of tests where you've got this really beautiful website next to a really basic looking one, but the copy just is better on the basic site and it, it's more conversion focused. Yeah. Yeah. So not to say bad, not know, to say bad design could, 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 could be something you can use, it, yeah. but, that, but for Absolutely. sure, I think that's the coolest thing to think about. And I, I think we cha- we want We don't want to believe that, like you say, but like, if it's clear and clever, think about how many times a, a website stops you in the, your tracks for something and you go, that was really innovative. It's always content, always. Yeah. Even if it's a visual it's, content, but you know what I mean? Right. If it's playing and all together based on you doing this up front, totally. Yeah. I mean, content is what's the written words are what is going to talk you into something. Yeah. Yeah. On a website. Fit photos can too. Like it depends what you're selling. But anyway, mm-hmm. so. The, the first step I always like to do when planning a website for SEO is finding the keywords. So there's different tools for doing this. I use Moz. It's a paid subscription. Uh-huh. It's, it's not a cheap one, but it's worth it for me. Yeah. 
for my clients. Um, the free one would be the Google Keyword Planner tool. So just Google that. Got it. And you can go in and um, type in, like, let's say your 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 customer is a, a shoe retailer. Yeah. So you can type in, and if it's a local business, type in, you know, uh, Denver Shoes okay. or whatever and see what comes up. And it'll give you suggestions for other keywords. And it'll have, like, they assign scores to these things. Like, um, for, on Moz, it'll tell you what the competition level is for each keyword phrase. Oh, nice. Okay. Yeah. Which means, like, the higher that score is, the the more unlikely or the harder you're going to have to work. Got it. To rank for that that phrase. I- and there's also numbers about how many people are searching for that phrase. So what you want to do, ideally, is balance those two things out. So if there's something that's super easy to get, but two people are searching for it a month, then maybe it's not it's not worth it. The best thing yeah. to go for. Maybe you're better off going with something that's a little more competitive that gets more like a hundred people a month searching for it. So it's a it's a balance. It's, it's a balancing. So you're saying sure. it's smart to get common uh, searchable keywords that aren't specific to you, but more for your location and what you do. Is that correct? Well, they have to be specific to what you what you're selling yeah. or what your cu- client is selling. It has to be, you know, it has to fit right in, obviously. Like if it wouldn't make sense to, for your customer to rank for, you know, pet clothes, if they're, I mean, pet clothes are always fun, yeah. but it's, <laughs> if they're, if they're selling shoes and they're selling them in Denver and people are typing that in, yes, you want to be able to, obviously it has to make sense for them. Well, that's what I mean. But so, like how, if it, if it, if uh, their competitor down the road has that is using that same key word. Mm-hmm. Is that okay? Is that you know what I'm saying? Like yeah, you just y- you just have to do it better. That's what I mean. Okay, gotcha. That SEO is always a contest. Exactly. All right. It's a t- it's the oldest pissing contest on the web for sure. So um, <laughs> you just gotta like that's the thing about SEO. Like there's you've got to outrank your competition. So there's a lot of ways to do that. Got it. And we'll um we'll talk about some of them right. that are kind of more in control but by you the designer if you're especially if you have any kind of ownership of the project as a whole got it because like if you're just brought into design then obviously this one isn't going to apply to you yes but if it's if it's your own business and you're taking on this whole web project from start to finish then this would got it and this would uh impact you and these services are the things that help you find the right keywords and basically where they what their score is like you said and where they rank okay gotcha so then once you have these keywords, um, you know, you're going to want to figure out different maybe sets of keywords for different pages possibly. Okay. You know, if it makes sense, like if you're, let's say the same shoe example. So like maybe there's a page of shoes, maybe there's a page of boots. Mm-hmm. I mean, these are just super simple examples. But so that boots page, then you would try to rank for these other terms. Got it. Of, to, to do with boots or you know, different boot terms. And you can generally go for like five keyword phrases on a page, but they all have to be very closely related. Is that a good, is that like you a know? good target for per page is to go with about five? That's kind of what I do. Okay. I mean, or less. Got it. So, But don't, don't try to go too far and wide with it. So if, as an example, if that boot page was all about boots, you'd say local boots, boots, uh, men's and women's boots like that. But if the next page was sandals, you would do kind of the same thing, but just change the sandal. Got word. it. Okay. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. Think of it like that. So, so then once you get the keywords um, for the, the various pages, um, you're going to want to make sure the content is written first before you start designing. 
Um, this is just, I have found this to be hugely helpful because again, you have to have that persuasive written content and it's much more helpful to get that content written. And now you design around that Got it. versus the other way around. Um, whether it's you're writing it, the copywriter's writing it, or your client's writing it. And this is also a nice backdoor way of making sure you always have your content for yeah, your client. Yeah, yeah, correct. Because we've all been there where we've designed a whole site with that lorem ipsum everywhere. <laughs> and then we're like, all right, client, now we're just waiting on your content. Mm -hmm. And they tell you, oh, we'll, we'll have it for you next week. And that's next where things just linger. Oh, and we it, got busy. And, and, yeah. and it stalls you in, in your entire process when now you've – I, you know, I've got a few things on hold and it's killing me because I'm like, I'm losing interest, <laughs> yeah. you know, but if you, tell, keep it going. if you tell them though, that if you tell them that we're not going to get started in the design until we have the content, Boom. Um, generally that's when they snap into action because they want to see that design. Totally. So now all of a sudden they're interested. Gotcha. So yeah, it doesn't always work that way, but it's helpful. Yeah. Do you, um, do you put any kind of, um, model or order in uh, together as far as what that content should be as far as like do you designate headline subhead body copy and then maybe five or six points of interest or like do you or do you change that up per website that you're working on oh yeah it's always very custom okay it, there's never a you know, one size fits all got it you know every page has to have an h1 that's the biggest yes. header of the page and then h2s h3s you know all that stuff but um so few little technical things when you're when you're talking about the keywords you've picked out those should be worked into the copy of the page in a very natural yes. readable way not keyword stuffed they say like keyword density should be around like 1 to 3% okay of the entire page so don't be saying Den denver shoes denver <laughs> shoe store like all over the place that's yeah. gonna they're going to know what you're doing and you know it's not going to doesn't read well and you look spam it should be natural so, it should be placed within where it's needed yeah. And not, yeah, not look so forced. Okay. Exactly. And then, so having said that, whenever it's natural to work the keywords into headers, um, mm -hmm. you would want to do that because it counts for more, particularly if it's in the H1, but it also is good to be in H2s, H3s, all those kind of things. Um, so they thought they're found easier the higher they are in the H1? Is that correct? Yeah. yeah okay. It's, it's Think of, think of think of it from Google's eyes. Yeah. They're looking for a page yeah. about shoes in Denver. If you if it's only mentioned once it's in like body copy, how important does that look versus that's the page that's the title of the page. Exactly. So that's uh, it's like when you that's, if they're looking at it from that vantage point it's much easier to find than embedded in some paragraph four yeah. four well, four pages down. Easier to find, but more to the point, yes. it, it denotes that that's what that page is about. Got it. Got it. All right. Perfect. You know what I mean? It's, it's, it, it assigns importance to it. Yes. As well. And the other thing that assigns important, importance to is having it higher up on the page. So yes. if, let's say all things being equal, that same Denver shoes is used in an H2 toward the top of the page or like five paragraphs down, it's going to count for more being higher. Got it. Got it. But again, balance that out with being non-spammy and readable. Nice. So we're nice. just saying all things being equal here. Um, and the other thing to do is if you're if you have anything to do with kind of the the page structure of the site, mm -hmm. again, if you're if this is your whole project, um, you're going to want to use the keywords in the page URL if possible. Got it. They're saying this is kind of going away little by little as a metric that Google looks at. 
but I have still found that it's still pretty important. So on the so, in the URL that you get to apply to, you would keep the 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 strongest keyword up there as the page title. Yeah. I'm assuming. Yeah, got it. So let's so the URL. Let's say it's uh, shoecity.com. Yeah. Slash Denver hyphen shoes. Perfect. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, um, and use the don't don't just make it all one word. You got to separate the words with hyphens. Perfect. Okay. In the URL. So um, again, they say it's going away, but I haven't really found that it's going away. Yeah. It still seems to carry a lot of weight. Um, all right. So the next thing that we'll talk about is page speed. So Google still does assign a lot of, um, you know, merit to pages that load faster than others. Okay. Particularly when you're talking about all the people searching on mobile. Yes. So, um, you know, and more and more people are, they're saying like 70% of searches yeah, are it's crazy. on mobile now. Yeah. Totally. And it's, it's going to be different for whatever category you're in, like shopping for shoes. Sure. It's a lot of mobile use, but <clears throat> like, for instance, I've just finished a client that's like a, um, an insurance brokerage. Yeah. You're going to go it's online. Gonna be, you're going to go on your that's desktop. Gonna be, right. Yeah. So, but still, you still want to be fast. So things to think about. Make sure images are compressed. You know, we all love using those great big oversized images. Yeah. And they're good. They they're they've been shown to convert more, but make sure they are compressed and saved for the web. Um and you know, don't make them ridiculously like they don't need to be two thousand pixels wide. No. And because not too many people are looking at that on a browser. So, what, so yeah, when you're doing like a typical header on a let's say a slider or something at the top then you want it to look good. You know, you want to, so you're always doing it safe for web, making sure it's compressed, but make, but do you keep a certain kind of um, limit to how big that should be? Yeah. I I would say the limit, the high end limit for me is like 1900 pixels wide. Yeah. And that's even overdoing it. You've got to really ask yourself who's, what kind of size browser window are people going to be looking at this on? Yeah. And don't, don't, you can't make edge cases. Like you can't say, well, if one person's yeah. looking at it that big, <laughs> yeah, no, I yeah. mean, it's not worth, if it'll, you can make it get bigger from there. And is it going to look perfect? No, but it's better than slowing it down for everybody else. Got so it. keep that in mind. Got it. And, you know, we've talked about using video on websites before, which I'm a huge fan of, but, um, you know, if we're talking about that's like header ambient video, keep it short and compressed. Got it. So, you know, we've all seen those videos that like seem to go on for like two minutes. Yeah. It's just unnecessary. Make it. <laughs> and that's just it, loading. <laughs> you yeah, know? exactly. Yeah. I mean, make it short, make it 10 seconds or less. And the, my secret weapon that I love to use is a website called ClipChamp. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe it's just ClipChamp.com. You go there and I think you can, when I know you can, you can upload videos and they, for free, they will compress them, and they look pretty damn good. Oh, nice! So done with so it. you get it exported as a uh, compressed one, and then that's the one you use in programming. Yeah. Okay, gotcha. Yes. Cool. And they they compress them a lot. And like, wow. they must have that Pied Piper algorithm. <laughs> going on, it's like, by the way, like they, by the way, dude, yeah. that house from Silicon Valley is like a mile away from me. Is it really? Yeah, it's all, it's, all, it's, it's all filmed in L.A. It's in the wrong valley. It's all, it's all filmed in L.A. I had no idea. I, well, I figured fun, that much. Fun side story there. But, <laughs> is the Aviato van parked out front? Yeah, ex- no, there was nothing there. <laughs> I was looking. Uh, I, was looking I, just, I, was looking. I just read that they're 
They're losing TJ. I heard. I I want. Is he just too big now for it? I know he's got an HBO special, and like I was like, damn, where's he going? He's probably just bored. He's probably just bored of it. Could be. But he's, he seems like one of those creative genius types who gets bored. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. So you mentioned <laughs> this. Show, you mentioned the speed thing. So like, when Google tests the speed of your site, does the efficiency of that help you be found quicker? Is that how it works? It's not that it's being found quicker. Okay. It's that they know they know that people don't ah. want to wait around for a site. So you got to always remi- remember what Google's aim is. It is to deliver the best results to the people that are looking. Got so it, got it. They don't care about you at all as a business. They only care about the searchers yes, and being their given good results. Got it. And if they see that, oh, this page is going to take 10 seconds to load, never mind, they're not going to like that. This one's a lot quicker. Got it. We're going to reward this one. And it comes fa- It so, comes up higher on the search results. Yes. Got it. Okay. Right. It's not that it is found quicker. Like it's all an algorithm. Like it's all, everything's on purpose. Yes. Google, yes, so. exactly. Okay. Yeah. And um, the other tip I have for video, if, if you do compress it to a point where it looks kind of artifacty and looks a little less than mm-hmm. there is a, the, my favorite method is to use um, like a, a pattern overlay on top of it. That kind of that really masks ah, all that stuff. I've noticed so, that a lot more lately, and I think I thought that too. It's disguising something. It's hiding something. It absolutely <laughs> yeah. is. But it looks good. Yeah. It's so, a great solution. So yeah. So it's like it's like a transparent pattern overlay that just kind of adds a little like kind of um, a little grit, a little grit or texture. Yep. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So it, it definitely does a good job disguising nice. that stuff. So check that out. Nice. And then you know the last thing, um, and I'm no developer, so. I may get a few things wrong here, but anything that's like what I would call Java effects Mm -hmm. where things, you know, like on a lot of, especially you see in a lot of WordPress themes, how you'll scroll down the page and things will kind of pop into place and move around. Those effects can be cool, but use them sparingly because that kind of stuff can slow a page load down. Yes. Parallax effects can slow a page down. Yes. Um, these are all things that are really cool, but at what cost? Now, question, you know, if, like, if you have optimized your site on the mobile side of it to be uh, basically a watered-down version, meaning less video, less movement, does that mean your searchable score for speed is, goes up if it's being searched for mobile? Yes. So Got it. Basically, okay. there's, there's a tool online, a Google speed test that I use a lot and it gives you a separate score for mobile and for desktop. Great. That's good to so know. You can, yeah, you can have one nailed down and you can have the other one need, still needing a lot of help. So perfect. Um, and Google has, there is now a penalty. Like if, especially if you're searching on mobile, mm-hmm. if your site is deemed by Google to be non mobile friendly, you, you definitely get dinged for that. Wow. So yeah. And I do want to do, I'm thinking maybe our next episode might be about, um, mobile optimization yeah techniques so okay i think uh we might talk about that one next time if you guys are willing but <laughs> also also known as google is the devil no i'm just kidding exactly <laughs> just kidding google we god love you. we love you yeah, yeah. They're, they're listening i know all of a sudden my email just stopped what happened yeah. <laughs> google is our friend okay wow um so and those things also so in parallax and java and all these things that when text is with or within these parameters, I think that's not always the most SEO friendly as well in terms of Google finding that text. So be careful about that. Got it. And I may have gotten something about that completely wrong. 
but it's I, there is definitely something to that though like if text is being manipulated somehow like within a frame of some kind popping out doing weird things yeah i think that does make an impact on being findable but cool um all right so the next thing i want to talk about is using a landing page strategy for multiple keyword sets so we talked earlier this kind of goes back to what we were talking about with the shoes versus boots versus sandals okay so i think a lot of um, particularly novice web designers they always think about everything as the homepage. We're always going to be found for the homepage. And clients always have this mentality as well. That's why, like, whenever you work with a client, they're so worried about the homepage and way less worried about other parts of the site. Yeah. But I'm here to tell you that in most cases, you can be found for, like, a bunch of different pages. Okay. So... Always keep that in mind and never count on your homepage to do all the heavy lifting when, again, so we've got a page that's all about shoes and we can be found for all those terms. We've got a page for boots and we can be found for all those terms. Think about all the different kinds of shoes there are and apply that to any business. Mm -hmm. Like it it works for almost anything. We we could do that. Yeah, exactly. So like I've got, um, like I said, just finished that insurance site. So they've got, what we did is we identified all of these, all the services they offer, all the different kinds of insurance services, and we did a lot of keyword research based on who, how many people are looking for these terms, how hard are they to rank for. What we then did is we made a series of 10 different landing pages for all of those services, and we worded them. We crafted the wording very carefully, Great. all the content and all the URL structure to go after these 10 different things and they're not going to come to the, the homepage. They're going to go to the individual page. Got it. And that's it. Got Landing it. page. That's it. That's it. And, the, exactly. and and hopefully everything's on there that that's all they need. They could dig a little deeper, but it gives them the reassurance that they found exactly what they were looking for. Right. Yeah. Wow. That's great. Yeah. Because if, think about if you're looking for, you know, risk control services, mm-hmm. which is one of the things, um, then you go to that page. What you don't want to see is, hey, welcome to our insurance place. Sure. You want to say, hey, we do risk control services. So it is. It, you know what I mean? Like it's it's closely tied. Got it. To what they were looking for. So now if I went to just typed in their domain name, their, their www.blank.com, I'd be able mm-hmm. to. There's obviously a page that's be, that, that is the, the home page. But what you're saying is if the risk management thing, which is a set a page of the site, if that's one, mm-hmm. if that's what they're looking for, you can send people directly to that page as the landing page. Yeah. Correct. So in, in Google, they're typing in risk control services. Then hopefully, you know, within a few months, our page will be number one for that. There you go. And that'll be the first term, like XYZ insurance company, risk control services. There you go. Got it. Got it. All right. Perfect. Click on that. All right, cool. So the next thing are social icons. So um, you see it all the time on websites. Every business wants to include their <laughs> socials, Yep. which is cool. I mean, that's, it's all part of a bigger web presence and web strategy to do that. So, and it's really good. Google does like to see, um, it makes it look like a much more established business when you have your social profiles linked up with your site. Yes. So what I recommend is add those links on the site to their Facebook, their you know LinkedIn, their Twitter, all that stuff, mm-hmm. but make them discreet. Yeah. And I would say, put them at the bottom 
What we don't want is these, you know, brightly colored oh, gosh. little exit signs. Yeah, that go. Because basically, like, you're, the whole point of these social profiles should be to direct people to your website. Because that, that should be your marketing hub. Yes. Online, yes. Your, your website. So you should be getting people from Facebook and Twitter to go to your website, not to go to your website to go back to Facebook and Twitter. Exactly. Gotcha. So have them there. Have them be linked so that Google knows that these are tied, these properties are tied together. Yes. But don't make them so clickable. Yeah. And I, you know, I can't stand when sense. I see people using like these freaking inch by inch squares and they're all different colors of the, yeah. you know, and it just, it, you're right. It's like, I always even question the fact that we're, we're spending all this time in building a brand for a client or doing whatever. And yet we're so easily open to putting five other corporate logos on there. Uh, you know, so quickly. So yeah. I like the whole idea of being discreet with it. I think it's also just being tasteful with it. Like you said, bring it at the bottom. Make them. Sometimes I love when people just have the. Um, sometimes they'll spell out like Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, and not use the icon. That's perfectly fine. Yeah, too. it looks so much yeah. better. That's totally fine too. So, um, and what the other thing about social is, it's also good to allow people to share content on a site. So. Mm -hmm. um, what I like to do is use sharing plugins there you go. on any shareable content. Like if they have a blog, if they have videos, any if they have products that people can share. Um, I'm a big fan of if it's an e-commerce store, um, it, encouraging people to share their purchase that they just made yes. with their Facebook fans, yes. that kind of thing. So um, there are definitely there's sharing plugins out there. I use one called sharethis.com. It's I use that on almost all the sites I do. Yeah. So that's a good yeah. point. And you that, know, that that allows people to share it while staying on the site. I love that. And and I and I use that a lot on other if I'm on a design blog or something cool and I wanna put it on Twitter real quick, I love the way it works because you're right, it doesn't it doesn't exit you there. You just get a little quick pop-up and as long as you're logged in, right, it will share. And mm -hmm. I think that's a great thing. I didn't think of doing that to I've started a news page, which is kind of you can call it a blog, but it's just a way of putting any kind of mention of our company and anything we've done for a client. If there's a somewhere else I want them to go to to check something out, but I think that's a smart idea. I, I did not, I forgot to do the share part on there, even though I know they're getting it maybe via Instagram or some other link, and I I send them to that news page so it comes to my site, and then mm -hmm. they get to see it. Then it gives them the link to there. But I love the share idea. I got to do that. That's a smart one. Yeah. Cool. You got to make it easy for people mm -hmm. and you'll, you'll get a lot more shares that way either for your own site or for your client's yes. site. Yes. All right. Perfect. Yeah. So the last thing I want to talk about quickly is, um, so there's a lot of clients you'll get that are local businesses, or this could go for you as well. Yeah. As a designer, you're trying to get your business out there. Um, so you, what you want to do is you want to rank in that little map listing on Google. They call it the snack pack because it's three mm -hmm. right there. Get it? Like the yeah. three cups of pudding. <laughs> yeah. So the snack bag. Those Googlers, they're so clever. Oh. So you want to be able to get your clients or yourself into that. So and there's there's ways of doing it that most people haven't really caught on to yet. So this is its own kind of SEO. So the kinds of things that go into getting into there are first of all, it's all the same stuff you'd normally do, like having a good uh, domain authority, page authority. Mm -hmm which comes from backlinks and just good on-page SEO. But then there's additional things you have to do. So um, you have to get citations for the, the website, okay. which is just mentioned. Think about it like a Yelp listing is a citation. It has their, what they call the NAP, 
name, address, phone number. Okay. So, and it, so you have to, in order to do this, you have to have a Google My Business listing. Got that. Um, used to be called Google Places. Yep. Now it's Google My Business. And then whatever address and phone number and name of the business you have on there or your client has on there, you have to repeat that exactly verbatim across all these other websites. So it like is, so if you say, if you, if you're on Oxnard street, yeah, you, if you're, you have to choose, are you spelling out street or are you doing ST period? Got it. So the consistency is key. It's that very consistent. And what I do with this is, um, I, there's a, Website called The Hoth, H O T H dot com. It's a pretty good SEO company, and they do a citation building package for like they have different levels. I think I usually do the one that's like three fifty. Okay, and they just go out across the web and just build shit ton of citations for you all across wow. the web. But um, but that's off site. So the stuff you need to do, think about on site as the designer when you're designing these pages, is um, you need to include that NAP information, name, address, phone number verbatim on the site so think about in the footer mm-hmm. you know where you normally you kind of have that information the phone number yeah address um and you're also going to want to include a google embedded map yep right in there that's another signal to google that you're local um hours of operations and you're going to want to take those directly from your google my business listing so they're so those so are on the there. same good and word it exactly the same, like however that appears there, make sure it's exactly the same on the website. Um, and what I like to do, I like to go a little above and beyond here and add a, like a little listing of areas served. Oh, like okay. Communities or like for you, Nick, if you would say like, you know, Northridge, Woodland Hills, yeah. all the, like all the little, the cities around you and then go one step further and you're going to want to like make every city name a link to that city's page. Ah, and that's a, like they, that even every city has it, right? a website. Yeah. Yes. Cause it, it places you in this location. That's great. Yeah. And then the last thing I like to do is, um, geotag all the images. Got it. On the site. So there's a program, there's programs you can use to do that. I did one online. I don't remember what it was. Sorry about that, mm-hmm. but just Google it. Google like um, geotag images online. Okay. And you just put in an address and it'll add that information to the photos. And then you can use those on that page. Like any photo that you have on that page, do that first. And then also in the Google My Business um, listing, you'll have a bunch of photos there and make sure those are all geotagged as well. Nice. Okay. These are just little ways of kind of stacking the deck. To, to kind of get you into that listing. And they, that and these services out. can do it for you based on you entering your URL and you pay a certain amount and they'll, they'll geotag it what you want it to nope. be. This can be free. So this is, you, you can do this yourself. Ah. You just take the photos that yes. you're going to, that you have on the site. Let's, for instance, there's a big header image. Yes. Before you put it there, make sure it's geotagged first and you Got can it. do that online. You just, you upload the image, you type in the address and it, it it geotags it with the like latitude longitude coordinates. Got it. Oh, that thing. Okay, yeah. gotcha. Yes, yes. All yeah. right, perfect. So these are just little little signals to Google that you are doing business right here. So you will show up when people are around the area looking for this. Great. Okay, gotcha. Makes sense. Yep. Any questions on anything we've talked about Man. so far? 
It's like you're the surrogate for the audience. It's too much, <laughs> you know. And I, I, I'll, I'll say this too, and I, maybe this could help some of the the folks that are not that are more in my world where um, I did this with my students. But since so many of us have used WordPress, Wix, Squarespace, and a lot of that, they've all really advanced their um, uh, SEO capabilities over the last year or two. So there's a lot of walk, they walk you through the process on how to make sure you can even test your site on them. And they'll tell you where mm-hmm. you can add more benefit with SEO on there. So I've, I went through it a lot with mine and found uh, when I did the f- first few of the run throughs, there was a lot of things I was missing. And it walked me through the process and yeah. got things. And I can say I've really seen a big difference. And it's just a lot more focused and the right people find you when it's when it's such when it's much more in line so i was glad that, that they yeah. did that and um so it's neat to know it from both sides of this kind of thing but uh luckily they're all really ramping up on that cuz they have i think they have to i think users are asking for it. it has to be done yeah and you there's so many there's so much misinformation from the oh, olden I, days oh, I, of yeah. how people used to do stuff and um it's probably changing every other know, week you know yeah it pretty much is and everything we've talked about here is mostly just kind of on-page stuff mm-hmm. that you do to the site itself. But keep in mind that's that's only one aspect of SEO. The big part of SEO is is it is and will always be link building. Yeah, but that's not really what we're going to get into here. This is just things, best practices as a designer to really make sure that your websites you design are in a good good place. SEO wise totally. to then start that process. Got it. Cause if they were to do all the link building in the world, if it wasn't properly optimized from the beginning, it wouldn't do a whole lot of good. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. But, um, good tips. One little, t- one little last tidbit I'll leave you with, um, you know, things like, you know what a bounce rate is, Nick? Uh, I've heard of it and I don't know is that how fast you bounce off. Yep. Yeah, exactly. Okay. So things like bounce rates and time on site, matter Mm -hmm. to Google. So, um, you know, make sure that your content on the site delivers on the promise of the search engine result. So again, you want it to closely align and you want to make what's on the page engaging enough to keep people there for a a bit of time. Yeah. I think that you said that consistency is so smart because we just can use any chance, anytime we go from a, a searchable link, clicking to the website and there's, and it doesn't feel like the same thing. You're, you're off in five seconds. You know? Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So if, if you, if, if people come to your, your site or your client site and they immediately leave, that sends really strong signals to Google that, Hey, people aren't liking the site. We're not going to show it anymore. Yeah. 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 Or at least going to devalue it. And also things like, um, the click through rate matters too. Like imagine if you're number one, you've, you've achieved number one status for a keyword, but your headline and your description are not written in a very compelling way. And no one clicks on it. That sends a signal too. So now they're like, okay, this one, no longer number one. People aren't interested in that. Boom. So boom, you got to make sure those headlines and the page titles and all that are, are optimized. You're right. So, it's, a, it's nothing but a competition, man. Exactly. <laughs> God, I love it. Love me some competition. Yes, exactly. And also love me some fresh books, baby. <laughs> I, I knew that was coming. I felt yep. it. <laughs> we love fresh books. So fresh books just makes... You know, it's so easy to um, to send out invoices to your clients, and it's it's cloud accounting basically. It's not a program on your on your computer. It's all web based. Um, 
you know, freelancers, agency owners, we can all use it, and it gets you paid quickly. Um, all new fresh books rebuilt from the ground up. They've re- they've really made it into such a way that it's appealing to us designers and the way we work. They showed it to me. I've been using the new version, and it's even more designer friendly than the last one. Very intuitive interface, and it actually makes invoicing seem dare I say sexy. Yeah. <laughs> and um, you can create and send really professional looking invoices in under 30 seconds. And with two clicks, you can set yourself up with FreshBooks online payments and end up with more money in your pocket sooner. And, uh, you know, FreshBooks payments get 60% of invoices paid within one day. Mm-hmm. That's pretty amazing. I and I can set attest up, to that. I set up two uh, right before we started the call today. And um, I've, yeah. I've got two notifications that they've been paid. While we were talking. Nice. (laughs) Even better. It's good stuff. That's a hell of an endorsement. Yeah, I know, man. And you can like, and now you can uh, share files and messages with your clients through the interface, which is great. So it's kind of like a, like a base camp alternative in that way. Um, In addition to the invoicing, which is awesome. Yeah. Um, The new notification center they've got is like your personal assistant. You'll always know what's changing your business since you last logged in and what needs to be dealt with pronto, like overdue invoices. Mm -hmm. Love those. Um, Yep. We love the automated late payment reminders. Um, You know, and the support is just so good. These guys are on it. If you have any questions, their award-winning customer service is not only really helpful and really friendly, but they always answer the phone in three rings or less. So to claim your 30-day unrestricted free trial, go to freshbooks.com slash deeply graphic and enter deeply graphic design. And how did you hear about a section? Again, 30-day free trial. Go to freshbooks.com slash deeply graphic and then enter deeply graphic design in the how did you hear about a section. All right, cool. Listener question time. Yes. Um, we got a fun you one. You want to read this one? Sure. Uh, great title on this one. Phone calls, texts, and voicemails. Oh, my. <laughs> oh my. And From uh, Janine, Janine Armbruster. Armbruster. I, wow. Yes. I know someone like that. I got to look this up. Oh. Might know this girl. All right. uh, fine. Bad, bad date. She goes, yeah. <laughs> uh, he goes, I know it was a dumb subject line, but it's 6 p.m. and she's one glass of wine in, but she wants to ask a question because she's fielding some very bizarre phone calls from design prospects. She says, here's my question. I noticed that all three of you have phone numbers on your websites. And in a previous episode, Wes mentioned having a phone number in both LA and Chicago to target both local clients. Cool idea. So I decided to give it a whirl and signed up for Google voice and put my new business number on my Yelp biz page. Now I'm getting calls and texts from leads. Most are strange and not all (laughs) clients I choose to work with. Um, which is nice and all, but how on earth do you filter all of these inquiries and feel the calls and texts without wasting a ton of time? Any tips? Thanks, y'all. Keep up the solid work. Well, good question, yeah. and and you're right. That's I don't think we've all. I, I haven't figured this part out yet. What What's your first thought on this? Okay, well, so here I I've got kind of a good system. It's mm-hmm. not perfect, but here it is. Yeah. So I've, I do have my phone number on my website. Um, both a Chicago number and an LA number, but they're just, they're e-voice numbers. Okay. So it's like a, it's like a $20 a month service where it's kind of, it's got an outgoing message and it can route calls to my cell phone. So that's what it is. Um, But what happens is, yes, I do get a lot of 
the, the kind of people that call are generally not my target clients. Hundred percent. I get a lot of. I get a lot of. Do you, hey, do you do a logo? I need a website. <laughs> yeah. It's like nope. Yep. Next. So here's what I do, and this is you know I don't answer the phone. Same. Like if I see it's an un if it's an unrecognized number, Correct. I don't answer it. Correct. It goes to voicemail, and I get the voicemails of the and I choose to call which ones back that sound like they're and yes you can tell a lot in the voice if they're going to be a client or if they just need because most people will tell you like if they're if it's a logo client and they say things like um i have a logo drawn out i just need someone to digitize it that's not what i do yeah so i i I don't really even call these people back um some people might think that's rude of me not to do that but again there's just too many calls and i don't there's not enough time in the day and these are the people that end up talking to you for 10 minutes on the phone. Yep. When you know oh, even God. that they're not going to be a... If that, sometimes yeah. it's, yeah, sometimes 20. <laughs> yeah. So I tend to not answer those calls mm-hmm. back. And the thi- and what I'm going to do, I haven't figured it out yet because eVoice is um, a little hard to figure out how to change that outgoing message. But what I want to do is have the new outgoing message say something like, Welcome to the deep end. If you're an existing customer, uh, press one, mm-hmm. and that would go to my voicemail. Yep. If you're looking to start a new project, please go to www. Yeah. To book a consultation. There you go. Because that's what I want people on the site to do. I don't want them cold calling me. I want them to set up because I've got Calendly. Yes. Set up on my site to where they can book an appointment, and I have specific blocks of time throughout. Yeah. Every week that I. Take that I do these consultation calls, um, but you have to book it in advance, and then I call you. Yeah, it kills productivity, especially if you're like a one man shop or whatever. Like to just be answering calls all day or making calls all day, you gotta you gotta specify it to certain times. It, it, it is it's wasted time, and if it's that's what yeah. you're doing all the time, uh, all it takes, like you said, is like I love the idea of having that option of there's two things. If you are an existing company. Press one. If not, let's set up a consultation. So you you have to do your job in write it, routing them the right way. So what's interesting, I, mm-hmm. I was thinking when I read this question, I was like, that's interesting. I have my phone number on there. But I wouldn't say I'm getting a, a, a ton of phone calls that are in that um, – that might happen twice a month where I get that. Like, uh, do you do logos? Like, you know, and just the way they, they they don't even introduce themselves. It's like, that tells me immediately. So I stopped answering those calls as well. Um, And there's usually zero follow up with that because it just doesn't, it's not the right person. Where I've found is that when I get that phone call, that's like, hi, my name is blah, blah, blah. I was referred to you by this. And we've already looked at your site. We'd love to talk to you about this. Those, that's how I think most of them are coming through. Those are the ones that become success stories and become yeah. clients. And those are the ones who leave a voicemail. Exactly. Right. So like you can call the ones back that you want to call back. Yep. And I don't even, yeah, yeah I don't even want to do the online. Um, I'm almost thinking of even taking away the little, the little box on the, the bottom of the website. That's like, you know, um, you want to start a project, you know, and they click here and they put in their, their stuff. I'd rather just get the right person on the phone live. And we talk, I think like, I'm not trying to get more clients. I'm trying to get better clients and less of right. them. So I, I'm glad she brings this up because I really do need to kind of fine tune how I'm doing this and maybe even take the phone number off at this point. Because I, I, I think there's they're coming to me 
more naturally via through referrals and people that I know. And then I get this email and I think, you know, my email's right there on the, on the site as well. So if they're really serious, mm-hmm. I, it's not hard to find me. So I would think, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I wouldn't go as far as to do anything like the Yelp thing or the Google voice. I, I, I think one, one way website email, that's my way. Maybe that's what I, I'll try doing. I don't know. Yeah. It's a good plan. Mm-hmm. And the one thing I forgot to mention too, is when it goes to my Calendly thing. So on the page, it, it shows you, um, it lets you book in a, a consultation, but it asks certain questions designed to weed certain people out. Yes. Um, now the way Calendly is set up, it doesn't really allow you to not it, like if they answer a question this way, they can't book the appointment. Uh. They can always book the appointment, but if they were to indicate, um, I used to have the question on there, is your, do you have a budget of over $5,000? Yeah. Yeah. Knowing, knowing that if your budget is 5,000, I could probably talk you up, up based on mm-hmm. what I can offer. Yep. But if it's, if they say less than 5,000, then I'm probably, we're probably dealing in different ballparks. Correct. So, but it, it was amazing how many people still like booked it saying, no, mm-hmm. I don't have a $5,000 budget. Yeah. And so I would just, then I would just cancel. I would just through Calendly, send them an email saying, um, yeah, I did it very nicely, but just, I'm sorry, we're, our minimum price is this much, and you've indicated that that that's not in your budget. We wish you luck, blah blah blah. Yeah, and just cancel it. That's a nice w- that's a nice way it. to do it. Where rather than them yeah. just getting a prompt saying sorry, uh, you're too it's too low. At least they yeah. get some reply back. You're too cheap. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you tell them in a follow up email. <laughs> exactly. All right. Yeah. So yeah, that's how we do it. So yeah, I would say Janine, just um, I, I I'm a big believer in the Calendly route. Direct people on the phone to that have it set up to have a few kind of um, qualification questions to where you know if they're going to be worth talking to or worth calling back. And then it's in your court to have a, um, you know, a a scheduled interaction with them rather than a cold one. Yeah. And then they know when it's coming and they may cancel on you and it happens sometimes, but that just, that's a good way of weeding someone out too. Yeah. Yeah. If they weren't ready for the call, then next. Yep. Exactly. Yeah. Without that, right, that cool. that'll tell you the future ahead of you <laughs> with that client. Exactly. <laughs> right. All right. Cool. Well, thanks for that question, Janine. And keep sending in the listener questions to questions at the deep or via Twitter using hashtag DGDC. And, you know, we love the audio ones. So uh, keep sending those in. Yeah. And follow us on Instagram at deeply graphic. And uh, anything else you want to plug there, Nicholas? Uh, you can check me out at longodesigns.com and longodesigns on uh, Instagram. There you go. Or on, oh, hey, by the way, I'm doing a dribble meetup by, uh, in, oh, ju- yeah. in July. Yeah. And um, so if you check out my website at Longo Designs on the News and you're in the LA area, please definitely check it out. It's uh, June, I'm sorry, July 17th, I believe. It's all the date and info is on there. So, um, I thought, why not? You know, Dribble's been awesome. really cool, and I've I've always wanted to have a meetup because we don't have any in this area, so uh, should be fun. Nice. Yeah. Well, look out, let us know how that turns out. Yeah, for sure. Well, have a kick-ass summer, man. I know you're, the, <laughs> you're getting out of school now. All right? done, baby. Yep. Nice. Yeah. All right. Well, with that in mind, keep designing. Catch us next time on the Deeply Graphic Design Cast. 